Well, no shortage of things to talk about on the political front this morning. Let's check in with Global News reporter Richard Zussman in Victoria for his take on the day's headlines. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. How are you doing? Very well. How about yourself? Excellent. Good morning so far, and the weather is just looking fantastic. (laughs) Yes, those are good things. Absolutely. Uh, We've had some concerning stories, though, about more cases in long-term care and the transferring of patients. Yeah, this one is, you know, obviously highly concerning and has uh, led to concerns from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. And it's connected uh, to the Maple Hill Long-Term Care Facility. Uh, announced yesterday a new outbreak there. And the reason why is because a patient who had COVID-19 was transferred from the Mission Memorial Hospital to the long-term care facility. And there are serious questions around, you know, why in any protocols this would have happened. Uh, And because we know how vulnerable long-term care homes can be, Uh, the impact that something like this could have could be truly, truly devastating. And, you know, the province also noting yesterday that the Mission Memorial Hospital is small. And so the service now for the local community is limited to urgent and emergency care only. Again, that has an impact on the community as well. But like clearly the, the challenges here are the vulnerabilities of long-term care and will lead to some very significant questions around why that decision was made in Fraser Health to move someone who was sick uh, into a facility uh, with a highly vulnerable population. It's just a bit baffling considering, you know, how much warning we've heard from the province and and how much emphasis Dr. Henry and and Health Minister Adrian Dix have put on keeping people safe in long-term care. So, you know, there's still a lot of answers that the public will be looking for, especially those with loved ones in this facility around what happened here and why. Well, and and people with loved ones or family members in any facility who have been begging for some kind of protocol to go visit and to see their loved ones, to hear about this has got to be just even more heartbreaking because here they are not visiting because of safety concerns and to hear that this has happened, not good. Yeah, and this is one of those things. We've heard these themes from people all throughout this pandemic. You know, they are worried about their loved ones in long-term care. They don't know how they're doing. They don't know, uh, in many cases, what the conditions are like. And, And although, you know, there's been communication in many cases between the homes and individuals, loved ones obviously want to see what's happening. They want to see the look on the faces of their parent or grandparent or, or husband or wife and, and how they are doing. And, and, this question was asked, our colleague Keith Baldry asked yesterday about when we will start being able to see visits again at long-term care for loved ones and how often uh, politicians are hearing about this. And Premier Horgan said this is the number one thing he hears from constituents is that they want to be able to go see their loved ones in long-term care. And we've now heard for a few weeks from Dr. Henry that a plan is being worked on that you know, every health authority is doing this differently. The understanding is there are some long-term care homes where there can be visits and others where there are still very, very, very stringent rules in place for visitation. So I think that news can't come soon enough for people in terms of when they'll be able to visit. Clearly, the number one priority is safety. You know, the, but, you know, in seeing cases like we saw in, in Mission, like people wonder, well, if you're going to take a risk like that, why can't you take a risk where I can come visit my loved one 
while doing things like a temperature check and, and other checks that would ensure a prevention of the spread of COVID-19. Uh, one of the other issues uh, being talked about right now, and Dr. Bonnie Henry weighed in on this, uh, I, I can't think of anything else she has said that has prompted, I've been getting so many angry email from people saying, stay in your lane. This is not your place <laughs> to be talking about traffic on the Stanley Park Drive. People that want it reopened were not happy that Dr. Bonnie Henry weighed in on this. This was really interesting because, you know, these press conferences that Dr. Henry does are long and winding and people ask a lot of different questions around a range of issues. And we have this emergency meeting tonight with the park board to determine what should happen next with Stanley Park. And, you know, this is, I got an email as soon as this question was posed and I tweeted that Dr. Henry had said she would like to see the uh, Stanley Park Road remained closed for vehicles, uh, and it didn't seem like it was for a specific health reason, but for individuals' own public or own physical health. That this was a a great way to encourage people to walk into the park, bike into the park, enjoy the park that way. And Dr. Henry's a supporter of that. I I got an, a message from one of the park board commissioners who has openly been in favor of reopening the park immediately, questioning, uh, you know, why Dr. Henry would make comments on Stanley Park and no other parks where, you know, there still is road access into many other parks. Well, <laughs> you know, Stanley Park is an iconic park and the question was posed. So it's interesting you bring that up, Jill, that this is what you hear more about than anything else. It, it will no doubt be a huge central talking point for those in favor of keeping the access to the park limited to those on bikes and, and on foot. Because if Dr. Henry says it, it seems to go in this province, at least over the last few months. So it's going to be really interesting how her comments, which again, are not, you know, a guidance from the province or medical advice. It, it was personal advice as she described it. We'll see how far that goes in the discussion tonight. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people will be watching that. Uh, one other uh, thing to ask, uh, phase three, a lot of people throwing this phrase around, what is this going to look like and when? Phase three is funny because, you know, you'll remember when the government uh, outlined the steps for reopening. Uh, phase two is very, very clear with very specific dates and, and actions, right? Schools would reopen on June 1st. Elective surgeries would restart on May 17th. You could expand your bubble on May 17th. Restaurants would start to reopen on May 17th. Phase three is more of a gradual process that unfolds through the summer. And the big part of phase three will be a thumbs up from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Premier John Horgan saying, you can go travel now. We know that people are traveling across the province now. There is nothing against the law to travel in British Columbia. And if you do so, you must follow those simple guidelines around physical distancing and washing your hands. But there's nothing against it. We know hotels are reopening, resorts are reopening, but there still isn't that thumbs up from the province saying, go travel, do your non-essential travel. We know that campgrounds are open, but people are being encouraged to stay at home. Next week, we anticipate that that thumbs up will come and people will start being told, again, you have to follow all those guidelines. You have to physically distance, wash your hands, don't go if you're sick. Stay you know, within the province is the advice that we're expecting to hear next week. 
but it still will be a green light for travel. And that's so crucial for so many industries. Again, restaurants are at half capacity. Other operators will be at half capacity, but it will mean for many businesses more opportunities for people to come through their doors, to spend money and to help revive some of the economy. Carol James spoke to it yesterday, Jill, you know, just staggering the the impact financially of this crisis. More than 300,000 jobs gone, uh, you know, hard hitting to, you know, women and more vulnerable people, especially those that make less uh, are the ones that are losing their jobs. It's just staggering and, and recovery is going to be long and winding. But that phase three, Premier Horgan alluded to next week, and we'll get modeling again next Tuesday from Dr. Henry and Adrian Dick showing us sort of how we've gotten to this point, how we've done, and that will open up, you know, for Horgan to announce on Wednesday, phase three. Also important to note, next Monday, the legislature returns. Uh, so that's going to be uh, interesting as well to see some political sparring again. All right. Sounds good. Richard, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Jill. That's Global News reporter Richard Zussman in Victoria.